Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny the date night tee which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with and the hats are 100 percent american made not just embroidered here like so many others Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy the next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear remember to check out urbnsvg.com Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away well now we're live we can we can talk about this shit again so what what <laughs> you, you just told me some some crazy shit about disney and twitter oh yeah now, if you look it up right now the big feud between uh desantis the state of florida uh versus Disney basically about this uh it all started with the CRT uh Disney pushing the wokeness into the schools and now uh pushing the LGBTQ um agenda into their next movies kind of like what you see with uh if you saw the preview of Thor I did definitely did not see the preview oh, okay. of Thor preview of Thor you know all of a sudden you got rainbows everywhere and you know it, it alludes to he has you know some inklings of being you know a, a gay god of thunder oh well you if, know as from the first movies you know he had this ongoing uh, relationship with natalie portman and i mean i'm guessing that if you were at gay clubs around the world there's probably lots of gods of thunder <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness ah. 
<laughs> it's early for him, folks. <laughs> oh, um, no, I didn't see any of this shit. I'm still stuck on the don't say gay bill. This is it's the parental rights. I know it's ridiculous. I just I love how shit gets reworded. Like we're gonna yeah. let's reword something to be completely different than what it says. Like that's where I'm. I'm still at, like wait, yeah. what a, what kind of a marketing slogan, right? Like that's a great marketing slogan if you're against this bill. Yeah, but it has nothing to do no, with that, I know. which is idiotic. I but, know. God, I just look at it, you know what I mean. The LGBT and you got to add the Q now mm-hmm. community. I don't know the difference though. I'm going to be honest. Like, yeah, I don't exactly. I don't know the difference between the G and the Q. Well, it's kind of like saying uh, now they're saying, well, you can be pansexual, but isn't pansexual bisexual? Oh, man, this is way past my pay grade. There's one of them where you have to be in love to have sex. That's one of them. I know that. Like, you have to love the person that you're going to be with. And there's maybe uh, that's pansexual. I don't know why. This is too early for this kind of talk. <laughs> This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is what's going on right now in America, folks. I know. You know, I mean, it's it used to be where what you do in your closet is is fine. And then LGBTQ and whatever else you want to add to it so in the next is, six weeks. This, this, I, I don't think this makes very much sense to me. Bisexuality refers to people who feel attracted to more than one gender. Pansexuality refers to those who feel an attraction to people regardless of gender. Semantics, man. Right. So where's the difference? And I, I, could, I feel like there is a difference there, but so you don't see gender, you just see personality. But that's kind of what bisexual. I don't. Whatever. I'm out. I tap out. I tap out on this conversation. Let's get back to what, what, why we started <laughs> this. Colorado is trying to honey dick Disney into moving there correct so you're going to take a tourism you're going to take a tourist location with probably a trillion dollars worth of assets that they would have to move or rebuild and take them to colorado we're like how many months a year in colorado is it nice it's got to be similar to this right yeah but they're talking about you know they want to call it mountain disney Oh, but, but yeah. there's but there's no Cause that's just what I want to do is stand in a two hour line <laughs> exactly. in the frig- frigid fucking cold. Exactly. And that's why, I mean, if if Disney would have followed that kind of protocol, they would have left California years ago. Yeah. So there there is a location, a destination location value for California, Florida. Yeah. Why do you think Walgreens is on a corner? Every Walgreens you've ever seen is on a corner. Because location is the number one most important thing for a fucking business. Oh, exactly. You can have the most beautiful business, and if it's in the middle of an industrial park, guess what? Not really going to flourish. Yeah, exactly. And just when you go to the big cities and uh, you notice there's a Starbucks on, like, every block, that's a mathematical formula. Yes. It's not like they're just being obnoxious. Yeah. (laughs) People will walk three blocks for a coffee. They will not walk five. So we need one every three blocks. Right. And then let me go back to the LGBTQ, yes, yes, okay. ABC, right, whatever yeah, they yeah, want yeah. to keep appending yep. to it. It's it's. It used to be where, yeah, yeah, there was probably, I wouldn't, I can't quote how many years ago that there was, quote, persecution, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, whatever they felt that they were, you know, getting the short end of the stick on. And, but in the last, what, 10, 15 years? You've seen that change. I mean, there's a lot of states that allowed gay marriage and there's a lot of 
openness to it. I don't think people really, it's kind of like racism, you know, it never gets brought up. People see it and maybe they'll make a comment, but it's not like they're getting tortured, you know, at the, at your local restaurant or anything. So, but now it gets to a point where, okay, people are accepting it, but now you're going to push all your values really hard into parents, into children. You're trying to indoctrinate people with that type of thinking. You know, that's when it starts getting a little too far. Yeah, I agree. I think it's 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 a personal thing, right? Like yeah. I don't know why I don't it it's not even like race because race like I can look at you and I can tell that you're not white like me or I can look at you, you know, or or if you grew up in an inner city and the you know the one white kid, you can look at him and be like, "Okay, he looks different clearly," right? We can tell, yeah. right? Like what am I looking at you and I can tell you're gay? No. Like that's not a thing. It's like a per, it's a personal choice, dude. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Yeah, but they have their actions, and you know what I mean. <clears throat> and I think that they're deep seated inside there. There is there there is something that they're trying to do. They're trying to normalize it amongst people so that so that youth that do feel different feel comfortable in their skin. So I feel like there is a there is something they're trying to do in there that's beneficial. They're trying to normalize it. I think we're pushing a little bit too far past where normalization would rest. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you can teach your kids to, you know, accept people for who they are, but you can't start putting in the, you know, school education and telling your, you know, four or five to nine year old that, you know, okay, here's, we're going to educate you about all the different, you know, genders that are out there because guess what? I mean, a lot of us, don't believe that. This is a, a thin majority of the population in the U.S. It's just the loudest wheel, right? Or well, yeah. hold on, hold on. Though gender and sexual orientation are very different, right? You know, so gender, gender is is different. Gender is that one's a stretch, right? For that to be in any sort of education, like you. Gender has multiple. The problem here is, is gender. Gender has multiple definitions, and gender, as you and I see it, is basically just the scientific definition, right? Yeah, X which chromosome, is, which Y is chromosome, what it could be X chromosome, be, Y chromosome, right? Yeah. But then there should be another word. It shouldn't even be the. It shouldn't be another definition to the same word. It should be another word, like your 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 mind feels, <laughs> your heart feels. I don't. I don't know. You know. But there's there's oh, something yeah. else, right? Like because we clearly we we you know. 30 years ago when I grew up, there was very masculine boys and very feminine boys. And there was very masculine women and very girls and very feminine girls. Like it, it's, it's a thing. Like it doesn't mean that it was boys and girls bodies or girls and boys bodies. It's fucked up. But anyways, so that's gender sexual orientation. Totally different. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I digress. But at that point, I mean, in the kids formidable years, I mean, math, Reading, writing, arithmetic is what they really should focus on at that age, not trying to tell your kids, you know, what sex they should, you know, well, this should gets, be this gets, this gets back to the core of the problem that we talked about a few weeks ago, which is the school is trying to be the parent. The government right. is trying to step in and be the parent, which for most people like you and I, that's not a problem because we are the parent. But there's a lot of kids out there that don't have like that's all they have. Yeah, that is their parent. That's the only good meal they get in a day. That's the only positive, you know, adult um, interaction they get in a day is yeah. is that school time. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. 
but this is uh you know where the communist uh backbone the infrastructure is laid where you know parental advice falls below the government so government education is number one is more it, like indoctrination it, is it is it that or is it how do you separate the kids that need that parenting from the kids that don't need that parenting well how do you make that separation from a structural yeah. standpoint right because we can't fix the parents we can't go into we can't go into a shitty area we can't go into fucking you know white trash west virginia and fix the parents yeah so how do we inf- how do we, how do we separate those kids that need that influence and that's where i think the churches and boys and girls club need to get together and say well okay we have our after school programs but you have to agree on what the the standard the overall standard of values that you're going to be imparting on these kids you know, not a narrative or not, you know, one special interest group, what they seek everyone else to be accepted. So, um, you know, that's something like I said, it's it's not a government's job to do. It's nonprofit groups like the Boys and Girls Club. It's, uh, you know, is it Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. I don't know. There's so many after school programs that that help the YMCA. It's just, uh, yeah. What, what do people want that standard to be? Or if you don't like that standard, get you know send send them somewhere else. Is there financial like so like we paid for YMCA after school care right? Yeah, because we're fine. But do families that don't have the ability to pay for it is it is it paid for for them, or do they have to pay for it too? Right, like so that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I don't yeah. know how many, you know I'm not I don't know in how many like downtown Milwaukee, like how many church after school programs there are for kids to enroll in. You know what I mean? And yeah. how do they even get enrolled? Well, I know with like a, there's in larger cities, the churches, I mean, they just basically open it up. I mean, the, you don't have to sign up. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to belong to the church. It's just it's part of their ministry that they've budgeted as part of, you know, part of what the church offers as services, kind of like, you know, sending meals out to people. All that is all paid for by the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boys and Girls Club is a nonprofit that gets donations that basically uh um, and I know this because I, I was asked to be on the board mm-hmm. for Dane County. And, yeah, you have to contribute X amount as a board member and you have to go out and, you know, raise X amount based on their budget. So it just opens it up to basically, yeah, they just you just sign up and based on capacity of what, you know, adult to kids ratio and how many they can fit in the building. That's all it is. So the programs are out there. Um, it's just that if. If people really want to push that kind of uh, agenda, you know, you'd have to start your own nonprofit or something. But it's and, figuring out how to get it's figuring out how to get right. Because like a, a a second grade kid that basically has no parenting. Yeah. Like, how does he know where the fuck to go? Right. Like, he just goes home and sits in front of the YouTube. Or, you know, yeah. I mean, the parents still has to, or whoever is guarding us. Yeah. Still has to say, OK, after school, wow, there is a boys and girls club. Exactly. Take the the bus that they provide or walk to there and yeah. stay there till whatever. Because a lot of these places give them meals. Yeah. So by the time their parents are done with work, maybe at seven or eight or the guardians, then yeah. at least they've got some wholesome quality time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's much better than just hanging out with the riffraff. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of what, what do you call latchkey kids anymore. There's a ton of programs, but it's just. You got to figure out how to get the programs out there and get the kids in the programs. Yeah. 
So I think, and I think that that's not to, not to bog on the church, but I think that that's an issue that parents have the parents, certain group of parents have a negative opinion of what's going to be, you know, what, what their kids are going to be encountered with at a church. Right. Like they think they're going to be indoctrinated and like, you know, I don't want my kid going there, you know, but is there a, is there a, and this is totally to get back to our religion thing and we don't even need to get into this, but is there like a religion 2.0 that's like a non-religion religion that's like value structure without the deity that could be implemented that gets rid of any of the negative opinions that someone has in any sort of indoctrinated religious study, whether, you know, whether it is Muhammad or God or Buddha or any of the, the deities that, that are at the head of the religion. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, so you're, I mean, you're talking like a Christian value program that's not technically tied Christian. to a church. Yeah. So, and that's basically the YMCA. You're talking about a value program, you're, you're not about, a Christian value you're program. Talking I'm like talking about a human value program. Yeah. So the YMCA. So you have a, you've had your kids there, right? Oh my god, I think we did swimming there, but that's all we've done. But oh. the YMCA, we did after school their their after school yeah. program. But I don't, you know, that's I don't, yeah. To to digress, we're already 14 minutes in, but that was like <laughs> literally just two, you know, 20 year old kids that were making sure my kid didn't kill somebody else. It was like all it was, right? But before you sign your kid up there, they basically tell you the values, kind of like uh, when you apply or sign up for uh, uh, Boys and Girls Club. Very surface level. You'll, you'll get, Very okay, surface this, level. this is what your kid's going to encounter. Yeah. This is the content that they're, you know, that we're using. And churches do the same thing, too, is like, you know, we're going to be teaching from the Bible, you know, when we have the kids together. Or these are the type of videos, you know, we're going to be a Bible stories animated on TV for those that are watching TV. So they're very clear about that. Yeah. Um, so if though the YMCA is probably, I'd say it is church back. I mean, Young Men's Christian Association. Oh, yeah. Good point. And I'm surprised that, you know, somebody hasn't destroyed and be like the YLGBTQMA, whatever, <laughs> CA. Right. But. But yeah, that is one of them. But you got to pay for that. Yeah, Boys and Girls Club. That's I don't know the origins. Even I should know. I have like a folder on it, but yeah. But still, yeah, anybody can start one. Yeah. So if these, you know, these uh, woke folks want and they have their own, then guess what? Make your own, and then offer that. And if people choose to go that route, they'll drop their kids off there. Yeah, that's how it should be. Not you know, oh, we want to get our. Uh, narrative into the schools and you know tell your kids how to think it's it's not how it works yeah but that's a way easier structure than having to build a entire do the work yeah yeah it's kind of like these special interest groups yeah and it's you know and i don't want to knock on them today but guess this this is my criticism is like why do you need federal funding for a group like that why do a lot of these special interest groups need federal funding i mean aren't most of them working why hold up why are we federal funding anything other than interstate commerce, infrastructure, yeah. laws, and safety of our country? Exactly. Because that's all the federal government is supposed to do. Yeah. It's what it's supposed to do, but it's expanded into this, oh, this three-ring yeah. circus. Yeah, it's hilarious. So, Speaking of expanding into a three-ring circus, let's talk about Europe's energy dependence on Russia. Oh, yeah. So if you, if you were to build... If you were to build a perfect 
war back in the day, right? You surround you you surrounded you surrounded so and so city. They have big high walls, you can't break the walls. You just stop anything from going in or out. They can't get yeah. food. They can't get water. They can't get rid of their waste. You just starve them out. Yeah. That's basically what Europe has created with itself with this whole Russia situation. Yeah. Britain warned. What was it? They warned their people that four out of 10 people going into this winter will not be able to afford to heat their house. That's what Great Britain is saying. Yes. Really? Forty percent. Wow. Of the people will not be able to afford. They're to the point where they're looking at a new coal mine. Coal. Dirty, dirty, you know, oh, my God, anti-woke coal. It would be the first new coal mine in 30 years. And I'm hearing rumblings, and I haven't looked enough of it up yet, but I'm hearing rumblings that a lot of this uh, this mentality that we have about energy the negativity on nuclear, the negativity on coal, the 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 positive, you know, the positive thought on electricity. This is all coming from a lot of propaganda throughout the last 20 years. Really? Yeah. So wow. I need to do some more research on that, whether how accurate that is. But the thought is that especially throughout Europe, that basically Russia has created a, an extremely effective propaganda campaign to keep them. 100% or 80% dependent. reliable or dependent on Russian oil. Yeah. Well, I forgot. I think Germany is like almost majority of uh, their supply is coming from Russia. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is we have this negative opinion on nuclear, right? Like. Why is that? I, th- I think it's because we have the, the, what was it? The Seven Mile Island and Chernobyl, right? The two big fuck ups and then that little bit of in the Japanese. But that Japanese one was really weird because that was like 18 years past the day that it was supposed to be decommissioned and it just never got decommissioned. Really? Like they just kept extending it. It was a, it was an obscene amount of time past when that plant was supposed. It was so out of date and they just kept band-aiding things together because it was creating power and it wasn't, you know, causing any catastrophic problems, which was great until the tsunami or whatever hit it. I don't remember what hit it at that point in time. This has been a few oh, years now. Right, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, pissing spent nuclear fuel into the Pacific ocean. But that isn't nuclear power. Isn't the problem there. Dumbass humans are the problem there. Oh, that right. didn't decommission that when it was supposed to be decommissioned. Right. You know? So, so but- then we go to basically Chernobyl and seven, is it seven mile Island or five mile Island? Uh, that's a good question. I don't want to even guess. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we, so we go to those two. So we have those two big, you know, negative emotions on nuclear. But other than that, it's like a fairly clean power when you, when you think about it compared to coal, right? Or it compared to other fossil fuels. Like basically you have these little uranium pellets that gets stacked with metal tubes and that creates a fuel source and the fuel source um, then creates nuclear fusion, fusion, fission, fusion, 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 right? Fission is we haven't created nuclear fission yet. And that, so that creates 
nuclear fission. The fission creates heat. The heat boils water and turns it into steam. Steam turns a turbine, a steam turbine. The turbine turns a generator and the generator creates power. And then the steam gets cooled off, turns back into water and then gets used again. So the only waste we really have here is the spent nuclear fuel, which is a thing to talk about because we have no idea what to do with that yet. Like all the spent nuclear fuel from all yeah. of the nuclear power that we've created is just like in an underground like storage mine somewhere yeah. in the fucking mountains. Yeah. Now you got this picture in my mind of this uh, neon glowing stuff. Underneath kind of, the mountain. kind of like, but there's still so, so not to digress too far, but there's still, there's still a lot of energy left in that spent fuel. It's just harder to get out. So it would have to be like, kind of like if you thought about picking up marbles, right? And if I threw a thousand marbles on the ground, they're going to, they're going to form into tight areas. And then there's right. going to be a bunch of random marbles, right? If, if I said, pick up as many marbles as you can in 30 seconds, you're not going to go and pick up one individual marble around the outside. You're going to pick up big chunks of marbles in the middle. Yeah. So we got to figure out how to get that, the rest of that energy out of that fuel that's still there. So that's, that's so, another step past, but we, we're not investing. We're not investing into this that, yeah. into developing all of these, these things. So like a small nuclear reactor could power an entire town like Sun Prairie yeah, for like nothing. And if it was detailed enough, it might even be able to power it with spent fuel that they're going to give you because they just want to get, they want to get rid of it. Yeah. But how, <clears throat> let me ask this is how stable is that, uh, that waste fuel? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know how stable the, the waste fuel is. Okay. But I know that like France. So people kind of people kind of poo-poo on France, right? Because they kind of make it easy. But like f French are really quiet smart. Like they don't they don't just make baguettes. And they don't yeah, no, and they don't, they don't and boast about stuff. They're just like super quiet, under the radar smart. Yeah. 70% of their energy comes from nuclear. Really? Yes. Wow. 70%. I didn't know that. 20% of ours comes. We create more nuclear power than they do because we're so much bigger. Yeah. But only 20% of ours comes from nuclear. 25% of South Korea and 70% of France's energy comes from. 5% of China comes from. Because they don't give a shit. They're like, just fucking blow the coal, coal gas. Yeah. It's way cheaper. Right. But so this is the thing. So we're pushing towards we're pushing towards electric cars and battery powered this and electric that and get away from fossil fuel. Motherfucker, how do you think that that electricity is created? Yeah. How do you think that electricity is created? Yeah. And I forgot the, 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 the power, the power to charge your Tesla is created from coal. Yeah. And I forgot even just uh, the mining of the lithium. Yeah. The numbers were staggering. It's how much fossil fuels are have to be used to even uh, generate. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Plus, right. there's no way to produce right now to even provide for even if there was a normal demand of uh, electric cars. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And there's no waste reusing, you know, kind of like coal or even like uh, oil, fossil fuel. Yeah. So... What's funny is that everybody's like, well, okay, we want to import all this stuff from China. Well, majority of 
you know, those boats I come across with all the containers just that, you know, I've been working ass, with. cold burning bitches. Yeah. The, diesel it, fuel. It uses bunker fuel. Bunker fuel? Bunker. Bunker fuel? Which is basically the the lowest grade. It's it's the waste. Okay. So that's basically what they're using. All the, oh, this, we can't put this in anything else or convert it. So we just throw it in these uh, ships and then bring them over here. So it's the, even <laughs> imagine a boat carrying all this lithium. That's being powered by the shittiest fuel coming across the way. And I'm way. sure it's just, I'm sure the exhaust coming out of there is so clean. So, yeah, it's so healthy for all those guys sitting on there for weeks on end, too. Ugh. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's funny. That's why I asked about the, uh, can you reuse that nuclear waste? Because if it's stable and you can reuse it, well, then it's... You can't reuse it because you're you're pulling the energy out, right? So, so the idea the idea is, and I'm, I'm definitely not, um, would this be physic, physicist? I'm not a physicist. But inside each atom is energy, right? So if the actual carbon that makes up an atom, if yeah. we got rid of all the energy that keep the atoms away from each other, the carbon that makes up an atom, like the whole world would fit in the size of a baseball. All the carbon tightly together without any space between the atoms yeah. would fit in the size of a baseball or something wild like that. So like the actual, the actual sub substance that makes up what we are and what this can is and what this computer is. That's like pennies on what the actual mass of the atoms creates. Everything else is energy that's keeping those atoms apart from each other and keeping the carbon away from the isotope atom or whatever. Right. Yeah. So basically what nuclear is doing is taking that uranium fuel and it's splitting each of those atoms into smaller pieces and then as you split it, you release energy and that release of energy it could create heat to steep to, to uh, boil steam or that same release of energy could create an explosion if you do it differently. And that's the atom bomb. You know, that's a nuclear that's a nuclear yeah. bomb. Same idea is you're 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 accessing the massive amounts of energy. Like when you start to get down to the, the base core of it, like energy really is. Like energy inside fire, that's the releasing of energy from the wood atoms or the paper atoms, right? Yeah. So it's this weird, that's why solar works because we're harnessing energy that is coming from hundreds of thousands of miles away from the sun, but we're at, we're able to harness that energy. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's basically energy and carbon makes up everything in the world. Kind of fucked up, right? Yeah. But it's a true statement. But it's true. Yeah. So inside, we've released a ton of that energy from that spent fuel. And now instead of being large atoms, it's like a bunch of tiny atoms and the energy is gone. But there's still energy in there. It's just much harder to get that energy than it is to get the big chunks of energy. So we like put it in barrels or whatever we do with it and then we store it in these storage facilities in the middle of the fucking rocky mountains yeah and, and here's a good uh question that it probably comes from the viewers like so what what's what's the base of uh, nuclear power so what do you need to start uranium so because i think a lot of people when they think of nuclear power immediately in their head they think of something that's so completely unstable then they're not even sure why yeah. How you even get energy out of it. Yeah. So, but uranium, which uh, right now with, uh, I think your next uh, point in this uh, note here is where's there a lot of uranium? 
supply. Where is there a lot of uranium supply? Ukraine. Is there? Yeah. I didn't know that. Huge. Really? Huge. So, tie that one in. Well, maybe we should be over there helping a little bit more, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, yeah. If you know what I mean. That's one of their uh, you know, top natural resources. Interesting. Did not know. So now they grow a lot of wheat. Because wheat is going to be a problem for third world countries because they consume wheat the way that we do corn. Oh, so it's a large it's a large portion of their overall calories consumed is wheat. And the price of wheat is going to be fucking outrageous. The price of everything is going to be fucking outrageous. I mean, we export wheat, don't we? We export some wheat, but we don't create near as much wheat as a lot of those countries do because we've uh, transferred so much of our production to corn. Because we use corn to feed animals, we use corn to create ethanol, we use corn to create food, we use corn for so many different things. For all the corn syrup that's in everything that's in the grocery store? I'm pretty sure that's a pretty small portion. The majority of the corn that we use (laughs) is to feed livestock. Ethanol? Uh, I think ethanol is another chunk of it, but the majority of it is livestock. Yeah. Um, But like the price of corn, right? So you want to talk about something, the price of corn to plant, so it's, it's all a business number you know balance sheet and the price to plant one acre of corn last year i think was 200 and change to plant that acre it's up to 550 this year because the phosphorus the nitrogen the another p word the peat something else that you put on it like all that shit is up like nitrogen is up from 250 dollars a ton to a thousand dollars a ton yeah well supply is down so yep so all of that stuff so the price going into the ground is over double what it was last year so what does that mean when harvest time comes you know you gotta recover for that unless you're willing to take a hit on the margin but yeah there's not a whole lot there yep so dang man so then if you feed if you know 80 percent of the meat that we eat is fed with corn and the price of corn goes up double that means the meat goes up meat goes up on the hoof and then you got to pay the butcher three times as much as you used to have to pay them and i don't mean your corner butcher i mean like the big livestock butchers because that's where most of your guys's food comes from yeah so you got to pay him three times as much okay and then you got to pay the trucker twice as much because he's got to pay three times as much for fuel and insurance and all of his expenses yeah and then it's going to get to the grocery store and they got to pay their stocker 18 dollars an hour yeah how much do you think that pound of beef or that pound of chicken is going to cost? Yeah. That's a supply chain problem right now. That's uh, it's looming. It's not even fully here yet. So, well, that sucks because I'm worried about my fish tacos. So that means they're probably going to get cheap. Well, they put don't flour. feed fish corn, <laughs> I don't think. My fish tacos? Oh, tacos, corn flour. I like the corn tortillas are healthier than I, the uh, well, cheap-ass flour tortillas. Well, they're marginally healthier (laughs) marginally but that's a perfect segue it tastes better that's a perfect segue into our topic for the day that's right body recomp so body recomp is basically just recomp is short for recomposition so you're basically just changing the composition of your body so you're changing your muscle mass you're changing the amount of fat you're changing the ratios basically recomp the, the it's a it's a short word for changing your body or a long word yeah. for changing your body 
right? Because there's a good amount of people in the United States that are overweight, right? They have too much fat on them. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people who are extreme ectomorphs who would love to put on muscle. That would also be a, a recomp. Yeah. You know, and so we we talk to the we talk to the 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 overweight people we talk to the people that want to lose fat we talk a lot about that but we don't talk a lot about the 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 ectomorphs that try to lift 6 days a week and never put any fucking muscle on right yeah yeah it's 80% diet there yeah and if you are an ectomorph well let's get right into that one right so i have this separated out by body ratios health and then fat to skinny skinny to muscular and fat to muscular, which that one is everybody's goal. But I'm going to tell you, that is the absolute hardest and longest process to really? go from fat to muscular. Yes, that's not that's hardest. It is by far. But we'll get to that wow. later. Um, so skinny to muscular. So if you, let's say you're an ectomorph, let's say you're one of the 10 percent of people that basically just can eat whatever the fuck they want. And they just are always lean, right? Always skinny, probably Maybe strong, maybe weak, but don't carry a lot of muscle mass. You have a metabolism that is like the diesel fuel or the shitty fuel, the thing, bunker fuel, the bu- yeah. bunker fuel burning <laughs> yeah. uh, boats. Right? You can just put anything in, and it works, and your body just operates. Yeah. Congratulations! Congratulations! You've been given a gift. Or uh, could you say it's uh, it is so certain that's, that's ethnicity gonna- behind there? Um, it's not so much an ethnicity, but there is a, there is some, I think that a lot of it, a lot, a lot of, of Chinese are ectomorphs. I don't think that they are. You don't think so? No, because put them on a standard American diet and look what happens. Look at what, look at what has happened to, well, I mean, you, I've heard Rich no, talk about true, it, yeah. Rich, Rich, trans, Rich tra- has traveled to China for the last 10 years. The people are not skinny anymore. The ones like, that are eating the. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that is a, that I think is a standard diet that they have evolved to process. Um, Just because they can eat a ton of rice and not get fat doesn't mean that they can eat McDonald's and not get fat. Right. Ectomorphs can eat McDonald's and pizza and peanut butter cups and quick trip gas station food. And I have a friend, Mark, total ectomorph, total ectomorph, eat whatever the fuck he wants. Well, what's the level of toxicity in the system from all that? So there's that. That's, a, that's another thing, right? So as well. ectomorphs basically have zero fuel gauge. They have zero health gauge, right? That's how I talk about like I have a very, very um, sensitive fuel gauge. Like when I'm being unhealthy, my body, you can look in a mirror and you can go, oh, you're being unhealthy. Yeah. Whereas an ectomorph, like they're going to look the same. Yeah. But a lot of those guys, because they've they've never had a problem and girls, they've never had a problem with that. They know they don't worry about getting fat. They want to put on muscle, but they can't. So right there, we're going to talk about the biggest things from skinny to muscular. If you are an ectomorph and this will be just kind of a bullet pointed conversation and then we can move on. No matter what, if you want. To put on muscle, you need to be in a calorie surplus. You need to have more calories available to your system. And I say available to your system, not eating more calories. Because if you have a bunch of body fat on you and you're not an ectomorph, you're a mesomorph, 
then you have a lot more calories available to your system than an ectomorph that has 6% body fat. So for you, if you are skinny and you want to get muscular, you are going to need to eat more, period. More calories, more protein, more often, and calorically dense food. Stuff that doesn't fill you up, that doesn't have a lot of calories, right? Broccoli will fill your ass up, no calories in it. Doesn't help. Popcorn, fill your ass up, no calories. Doesn't help. These are all very calorically, what's the opposite of dense? Hollow? I guess you can do that for now. Right? That's not right. That's all I got. So these are, anyways, you need to get with calorically dense foods. Nut butters, eggs, fatty meats. Um, trying to think of more calorically dense foods that are not bad for you, right? Because like cake and cupcakes and Reese's peanut butter cups and ice cream and all that shit is calorically dense. Yeah. And hey, congratulations. You won the lottery. You can have some more of those things than I can. So have some, but concentrate on eating more calorically dense natural foods. So I'm talking like, you know, peanut butter, banana, protein shakes, um, hamburgers, steak, bacon, chicken with, you know, fatty sauces, talking all this shit, tacos, pork, like you are going to need to consume a fuckload more calories. Yeah, that's for the ectomorphs that wants to put the muscle on. The ectomorphs that wants to put muscle on. Yeah. Biggest thing you need to focus on here is a lot of calories and minimum eight eight tenths to one full gram of protein per pound of goal body mass. Yeah. So if you're 145 pounds, but you want to put on 20 pounds of muscle, that's going to put you at 165 pounds. So you need to have 160, well, what's, what would be eight tenths of 160, like 140 to 160 grams of protein every single day, yeah. every day. No, that makes sense. I mean, then when I was in college and then they're basically, you know, bulking us up for uh, football. I mean, I came in at roughly about 200, 205, but I had to get to about 225, 235 to play. So they put us on a fat boy program that. You know, every three and a half hours, we were taking in 35 to 45 grams of protein. Yep. One sitting, and you'd set your alarm clock at night. So you'd sleep for about three and a half hours, and then they would have a, I don't even know if they make it now. It's a liquid protein. Basically, it's in a bottle. So they put it on the uh, the top of the toilet. Hmm. So when you wake up in the dark, obviously, you don't turn on the lights, or you're mm-hmm. never going to fall back asleep. So you know where the, the can is, and this bottle of protein sitting on the... Uh, the back of the toilet mm-hmm. so you grab it as you're sitting down and as you're going you're taking about six swigs of this thing that's mm-hmm. equivalent to 30 grams of protein yep but they made sure that every three and a half hours you're pumping that and if you're a real hard gainer then you really have to you know they're pumping a lot of carbs in you at the beginning yep. of the day because if you got two practices a day you're burning everything up yeah and that's the thing people don't understand so let's say you're an ectomorph that works out six days a week so you work out for an hour hour and a half six days a week yeah. You probably need to be around 5,000 calories a day. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yep. Like yeah. people don't understand like oh, 2,000 calories a day. No, 2,000 calories a day is for a, a, a lazy bitch. 
Yeah. Like if you want to put muscle on, you need to be around 5,000 calories a day. You need to be around a gram of protein per body per pound of body mass that your goal body mass, not your body mass right now, yeah. your goal body mass. And that's that's what the formula was because they basically set what our goal yep. is and we had to hit that by by season. So, yep. so, so it is possible. No, it's 100% possible. But the thing is you need to make be. these changes. Exactly. You need sleep and you need rest because your body, if you are an ectomorph, does not have the extra energy to recover the way that my body does. So you need to prioritize sleep and you need to rest. You probably should not be working out more than three or four days a week. It should be about an hour, about three or four days a week. And if we're talking about putting on muscle mass, not just getting strong, you should be doing some sort of a, I'm going to use the word bodybuilding because that's, they know, right? They've been doing this for fucking 50 years. They yeah. know what it takes. So bodybuilding type program. So that means that each muscle group, so let's say shoulders as a muscle group, needs to be hit about 10 to 20 sets a week. So let's say you're going to work out four days a week. Let's do four sets of a full body workout four days a week. So that's going to put us at 16 sets per week per body part. So you're going to hit, you know, what is it, what would a four day, it'd be like a Monday, Wednesday, you know, Friday, Saturday, right? And we're going to do a full body. You're going to hit your shoulders four times, four days a week. You're going to hit your chest four times, four days a week. You're going to hit your legs four times, four days a week. You're going to hit your arms four times, four days a week, right? These are, and, and if you're doing like full body stuff, like, uh, like deadlifts, right? Deadlifts is going to count for leg reps. It's going to count for back reps, even going to count a little bit for like arm reps, but not as much. So if you, if you concentrate on compound movements, you're going to hit all those things that those hit in one set of four, right? And we're going to look at weight ranges where you can do about eight to 12 reps for each of those sets. So we're going to do four sets, eight to 12 reps on that somewhere between eight to 12, you're pretty gassed. Yeah. Right. Like we don't want, yes, I can put, I can put 135 pounds on a bench press bar and I can do it eight to 12 times, but I can also do it 20 times. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for amount of weights for whatever your workout, whatever your lift is about eight to 12 reps. And you're, you're pretty gassed somewhere between eight to 12. And we're going to do four sets, four times a week. And we're going to rest the rest of the time. Well, and that's to put on weight. That's to put on muscle. So when do you get the uh, when do you get down to like the five three ones and the five three ones is all powerlifting. Five three ones will not put on mass. Just get strong. Just get strong. So five three ones, um, not to digress too much, but if you're somebody who wants to get stronger and put on muscle over time, you should be running like two bodybuilding cycles, like I just talked about. So let's say two months. We'll, we'll call a cycle a month. People call it a mesocycle. Yeah. So you're going to run two months of the bodybuilding, like I just said, and then you're going to run a month of a five, three, one for strength, because you have to also get stronger to lift more weights, to put on more muscle. Yeah. So what about if you're 90 years old, like I am? If you're 90 years old, like you, um, I didn't, I'd have to think more about this. This is not in my notes. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I'm so sorry. that's skinny to muscular. I need you to eat more calories, denser calories, one pound of protein per goal body weight, 
I need you to prioritize sleep and rest. And we're going to hit four days a week max for workouts. Yeah. Four sets per day per body group. One gram of protein per body pound. One gram of protein per goal body pound. Okay. Somewhere between eight and one. You don't need to go to 1.5. You don't need to go to two. That'll just make you sick. Somewhere between eight tenths of of a gram to a gram per pound of body weight that you want to be at for a goal. That number also comes in in this next one, fat to skinny and fat to muscular. If you are 260 pounds, but you're probably 60 pounds overweight, that number that you're going off of, you're not trying to get 260 grams of protein a day. You're trying to get 200 grams of protein a day because that's your lean body mass. That's where your goal is. That's where you want to be. You want to be muscular at 200 pounds, not muscular at 260 pounds. Yeah. So that's how that number always stays about the same. The only difference is, is what your goal is. Is your goal to lose fat or is your goal to gain muscle? So fat to skinny. This one gets a little bit harder. Um, the biggest thing here is, is most, most people that have been overweight their whole life have metabolic disorder. So if you have metabolic disorder, your body does not process carbohydrates the same way as a healthy body does. For every gram of carbohydrates that you eat, your body has to excrete three times, four times as much insulin as a healthy person's body does. So should they starve themselves in of carbs? So that's where I, this is no science. This is me just with the people that I know, the people I've worked with, what I've seen is there should be a period of time in there that we would call a reset where you would go extremely low carb or no carb like this Atkins thing or not? Uh, Atkins, you still get like 25 to 50 grams of carbs a day. You do. Yeah. No carb would be keto quote unquote keto. That would be no carb. Um, yes. Somewhere between 25, somewhere between zero and 50 grams of carbs a day, 50 on the high side but your carbs are all coming from natural sources like bean, green beans and broccoli and carrots and all this stuff has carbs in it, but they're not, they're not uh, processed carbs. Like you can get 50 grams of carbs in a fucking, in a, in a Mountain Dew, but that's instantly going to spike your insulin. Whereas if your body has to get 50 grams of carbs or 25 grams of carbs from vegetables in a day, yeah, that's a lot of vegetables. It's a lot of fiber. It's a lot of processing your body has to do. And it's this slow burn of carbohydrates throughout the day because it's got to break down all the allulose fibers to get to that energy. So we need to go to natural forms of carbohydrates, natural forms of low carbohydrate foods. So like, yes, a, a pineapple is a natural carbohydrate, but it's a natural high carbohydrate food. Damn. So we need to stay with. Basically, we're at this point in time for this reset period, which let's say it's it's all going to depend on how overweight you are. It's going to depend on how fucked up your system is. How long have you been overweight? It's going to depend on your genetics. Really, it's going to depend on a lot of things that I can't even tell you. But we're going to say three months to 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Depending on where you're at. But if you're hardcore, you're going to be cutting out all your carbs. You're going to be cutting out all carbs except for natural vegetable carbs. Basically. So you're going to be eating vegetables, meat, and fats, and not dense fats, like not oils, but like almonds. 
Really? Coconuts? Coconuts, I think the problem is, is most stuff that is coconut is sweetened. Most stuff that's like real coconut. Who eats real coconut? Only fucking you. No, no, nobody just eats real coconut. They eat like the shredded coconut, which is all sweet. They buy it in a bag. They buy it in a bag and and sweetened and processed. Yes. Yes. Coconut would work at that point in time because it's natural fat, right? Yeah. Um, But like coconut oil is a processed fat. It's really similar to a processed carbohydrate. It just doesn't have the insulin response. So first thing about going from fat to skinny is that your body doesn't spot lose fat. So don't look at your body and be like, I need to lose this gut. Cause if you lose an, to lose an inch off your gut, you have to lose an inch everywhere. So think about an inch off of your arms, an inch off of your legs. Okay. So like Dang. everything shrinks. Like if you let air out of a balloon, right? So if you, if you just slowly let air out of a balloon, that whole thing shrinks. It doesn't matter if it's a shaped balloon, like uh, those Mylar balloons you get for your birthday. It looks like a dinosaur, right? Yeah. You let the air out of that. Everything shrinks. That's how your body loses fat. So like if you have a big belly or you have big upper arms, right? Women have a lot of hormonal issues where it'll cause like big upper arms or big chunks of back, back fat deposits or big, you know, butt upper thigh fat, right? The thing is, is you're going to be, you're going to get over time lean to a point where like the rest of your body looks really thin yeah, and you still have fat in those areas. I'm telling you this not to not to get you down because of the higher ratio in those areas or what? yes. Okay. So I'm telling you, I'm not telling you this to get you down. I'm telling you this because I want you to be completely realistic with yourself. If you have big love handles and that's where the most of your fat deposits are, when you lose 10% of your body fat, you're still going to have love handles. They're just going to be smaller. Oh, so how do you explain Kim Kardashian? Surgery? <laughs> I don't know what they. It's all took surgery. A couple of ham hocks in her yeah, ass. Yeah, it's or all what? surgery. <laughs> really? Yes, hundred percent. Hundred percent. All surgery. Normal. All right. Genetics play a big part here. Um, I think that there is a place in the future for women that have hormonal imbalances to get some to to get some hormone therapy to get some hormone help, even some natural hormone changes that will help with where your body is storing fat. But I'm just not deep enough into that research to even talk about it but your body specifically stores fat in specific places because of hormones your body stores all fat because of a calorie surplus but it stores fat in specific places because of hormone balances so if you have specifically heavy areas where you store fat it's from certain hormones outweighing other hormones no but intermittent fasting is shown to help So maybe instead of eating right away when you get up in the morning, wait to eat until 10 o'clock. Eat from 10 to 6 p.m. and then don't eat anything after 6 p.m. That'll give you an eight-hour eating window. And somewhere between eight to 10 hours is where like the magic happens with the same amount of calories through science, through the studies that they've done, creates a leaner body mass than eating that same amount of calories throughout the whole time. Whether it has to do with your body having more time to recover, more time to repair, more time to heal, less time digesting, whatever it is, eating the same amount of food in a smaller window improves body weight, it improves body mass, it even improves cardiovascular function, which I'm not really 100% sure on the 
what they're even oh. estimating as far as that one. But this is fat to muscular. No, this is fat to skinny. Oh, fat. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is fat to skinny. Right now, we're literally this. So, because I'm like picturing this, it's like if I want to get muscular, that's going to be tough. 100%. Because I need intervals where my body's taking that fuel and rebuilding. But the fuel doesn't have to come from eating the fuel. The fuel can come from burning the fuel off of your fat because that's all fat is, is a fuel storage. That's but, all fat I, But is. I'm talking a protein re- rebuilding to get muscular. Oh, you need your protein. Well, the, so the theory is, is if you worked out in the morning, you and you wanted to intermittent fast, and you're and you were really talking about building muscle, your eating window would be in the morning. Your eating yeah. window wouldn't be at night, or you would lift in the afternoon, and your eating window would be in the afternoon. So that's all. Yeah, that's the difference there. Um, but so let's not get to that one yet because that one's going to be the hardest oh. one, and we're already at fifty three minutes. <laughs> so protein, fat. And carbohydrate balance, you need to still be at your pound, eight tenths of a pound to a pound of lean body mass. So if you are, you know, if you're a, a a five foot seven woman that weighs 180 pounds, where really, you know, your your goal weight is 140, you should be at 140 grams of protein a day. You should be getting a ton of fiber in the form of carbohydrates. So a ton of vegetables, not a lot of other carbohydrates. And then the rest of your calories to get to where you want to be. Because you get on the internet, find a calorie estimation calculator, and figure out approximately where you're going to be for a day. Somewhere okay. between 1,600 and 2,500 calories a day. So you use fat to build up the rest of those calories. Whether it's another few hundred or another 500, you only want to be in about a two to 500 calorie deficit a day max. Weight train. Weight training burns calories for 72 hours, whereas cardio burns calories for a few hours afterwards. Sleep is the most important. Diet is the second most important. Training is the third most important. I put training after diet because get on a treadmill and try to burn 350 calories. It is a fucking chore. Oh, yeah. Sit down and try to eat 350 calories. Real fucking easy. Yeah. So sleep, diet, training. As far as extra supplements go, I don't really subscribe to any of them because they all have some nasty ass side effects. But I will say that if you're in a calorie deficit, caffeine is a real fucking helper. Oh, well. How about fat burning? Uh, what about CLA? CLA doesn't have the greatest science behind it. It, it got some, some positive... Um, suggestions in the bodybuilding world. Yeah. But the actual science behind it, when you break it down, it's like maybe, maybe 20% more fat burning in some studies, but has some pretty negative side effects as far as liver toxicity and some other things that could come with it. So maybe everybody's genetics are going to be different. Some people are going to handle it better than others. Yeah. But because if people are looking at fat burning, all of a sudden they're going to get ads for CLA. They're going to get green tea extract. They're going to get all these hosts of green you know, coffee, hydroxy cut, all this other yeah. shit. Yeah. Or they're, you know, piled up at Walmart buying the hydroxy cut. I mean, yeah. how, how good is that stuff? Hydroxy cut has been pulled off the market twice in the past 20 years for once for liver toxicity and once for something else. Ooh. So not good. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you don't do it because 
I get it. I get what I get what if you can take that year of training and turn it into eight months of training for the same outcome, I get it. But just realize that I don't remember who said it, but there is no biological free lunch. You yeah. don't get the benefits without getting some negatives that come with it. That's society we live in though. Yep. Everybody's looking for that magic pill. Um so with with burning fat and with building muscle, um a lot of this comes to ratios and I'm not being shallow when I say this, it's, it's realism. It's real. When you look at somebody, a lot of what you see is their ratios. It's not the size of their shoulders. It's their shoulder to their waist ratio. It's not the size of her butt and hips. It's her size of her butt and hips to her waist ratio, right? Like this is, it's all ratios. That's how we, that's how we compare. That's how we, that's how we see, um, I'm going to use the word attractiveness because that's what we're all, that's what we're looking for here. Right. Because there's a difference between attractiveness and health. Yeah. But attractiveness is based on the stand. There is no like one set standard. No, hundred percent. whatever people prefer. But you're going to, you're going to compare specific things to different things on somebody's body for men. Usually it's shoulder and arms to waist for women. It's generally bust to waist or butt to waist. It's just how it works. Um, you got to work within your body type. If you are a, if you're generally a bigger person, your entire family is bigger, is a bigger people. You're probably never going to be, uh, you know, a, a tiny little waist with a big butt. It's probably just not going to happen. Yeah. But you can be a healthier version of yourself. And that's where it comes into health versus the looks health it's probably somewhere around 8 to 15% body fat, 15% on the high side, 8% on the low side, generally under 8, unless you're genetically gifted, generally under 8, people start to get cranky, they start to get issues. If they live there all the time, then they're fine. But if you're at if you're at 12%, 15% body fat and you and your goal is to get to 6% body fat, you're unless you're used to being at 6% body fat, you're, you're probably going to be pretty fucked up at 6%. Yeah. Your yeah, hormones are going to, your hormones are going to be off. You're, you're going to be sad. You're going to be angry. You're going to have hormone swings. If you're a woman and you're at fucking 5% body fat, your period is going to be gone. Like it's just, this is just realistic. Healthy is like eight to 16% body fat. You is need that to for have, men and women. Yeah. I'd say, okay. yeah. Women on average, the same woman. If you had, if you had, you and a woman your size, you're going to be at a lower percentage than she is to be healthy. But I can't say that you and a woman that's yeah, five there's, seven. There's all the childbearing science exactly, behind it that they exactly. got to hold a little more in yep, certain areas. Yep. So. Um, mobility. You need to be mobile and you need to be strong. And this is this other thing. Did I print this off? I did print this off. I listened to this major. Oh, my God. Read an hour. The Peter Atia um, didn't ask me anything. And he breaks down the science between muscle loss and the muscle strength and muscle mass compared to longevity. And it is directly correlative to longevity because you are going to lose so much muscle mass every year, at least 1%, sometimes closer to 3% per yeah. year after 50 So if you're an average 50 year old and you live to be 80, you're going to be frail. If you're frail and you go to step down a stair and you fucking fall, you're going to break a hip. 
If you break a hip, there's a chance you're never going to come out of it when you're 80. And you might, your, your life is going to be basically just counting the end till it's over. Versus if you are a way above average 50 year old and you lose 1.5% every year and you're 80, you might turn into that average 80 year old, right? So we're, you oh, can't yeah. stop the loss. After about 50, you're fucked. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. 50 to you 60. Just answer my question. 50 to though. 60. Um, you can't stop the loss. You can slow it down. Um, What's the loss from? Just age. Hormones. Um, I'm guessing it's probably a lot hormonal. Um, so I should start injecting hormones. Yeah, we could get you on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll start a fleet farm today. I can't. I can't say what the loss is from because it's different for everybody, but it's yeah. just across the board. All the science has shown that you're, you're going to lose. So body starts degenerating. Yeah. Basically you're, you, I'm dying. We're only here. We're only here to reproduce and you're no longer at a viable reproductive age. So your body is just dying. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so that's one thing like being healthy is being mobile, not carrying a ton of extra body fat, and being strong and having some muscle mass. That's what being healthy is. So <laughs> we're at an hour and two. Am I going to be able to get to fat to muscular? Fat to muscular is a long, slow road. Your body needs to take fat and it needs to use that for energy. And then it needs to take the protein that you're eating and turn it into muscle. That doesn't happen quickly, whereas I could probably lose 25 pounds in a year if I just decided I wanted to lose fat. If yeah. I wanted to lose 25 pounds in a year, I could do that. If I wanted to lose 25 pounds and gain 10 pounds of muscle mass, that would probably take me three years. Really? Maybe two years. It's not, it's not a quick process. So that's why if you are overweight, Lift, but don't lift with the idea of getting jacked. Lift with the idea of getting healthier and burning calories and lose the fat first. And then let's get to a point where we are healthy. We're not carrying a bunch of extra fat. And then let's put muscle on. But going from fat to muscular the biggest things is we're not doing we're not doing slow burn cardio, we're doing sprint cardio. So for an example of this, go to your computer, open up Google, type in endurance runner and type in sprinter and look at the two body types. Oh yeah. Okay? So we're getting yeah. rid of any long slow burn cardio. We're doing exhaustive sprint cardio. Yeah. Get on a sprint eight program, get on a Tabata program, whatever. So we're going to do that. That's going to be our cardio. Yeah. And what you're talking about is, I mean, if you're looking that up online, you're going to see the pictures. I mean, your runners, your triathletes, all your, your long cardio folks, the muscles are longer. And if you want to look more muscular, obviously you got to shorten that muscle and smaller. Up. Yeah. So yeah, what you're saying is exactly, you're going to see that. So we're going to lift to gain muscle. So we're going to lift like the, we're going to lift like the ectomorphs. Okay. So go back, listen to the ectomorph thing. We're going to lift like that. 
we're going to hit muscle groups somewhere between 10 to 20 sets a week. We're going to lift heavy, but not so heavy that we're overtraining. But we're going to eat like we're losing like we're losing fat, but hitting that protein goal. So if this is what you want to do, if you want to turn fat into muscle, we're going to hit one pound of lean body mass. So if you're 240 pounds, but you're overweight, you should be 200 pounds. We're going to eat 200 grams of protein a day. We're going to eat in a calorie deficit of about 300 calories, not five, not seven, not a thousand, about 300 calories in a calorie deficit. We're going to get most of our other calories from non-processed foods, but we're going to lift like an ectomorph and our cardio is going to be sprint cardio. And we're just going to, we're going to tie in and we're going to grind and we're going to grind for what feels like fucking forever, but it will come. You can't overtrain. You need to prioritize rest, but you're going to eat like you're losing weight and lift like you're gaining muscle. Awesome. And that's, I mean, to try to fit all of that into what, like five minutes was a lot, but I shouldn't have left that till the end. But the biggest thing is, is like, do not expect that to happen overnight. Yeah. I can lose weight overnight. My goal is just to go from 220 pounds, which I am right now to 200 pounds. I could probably do that in six months. Easy. Yeah. But to go from 220 pounds to 200 pounds and not lose muscle mass or to gain muscle in that six months, it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a journey. You got to enjoy the journey because uh, the ultimate goal is you got to just focus on being healthy. The ultimate goal is being healthy, but let's face it, a lot of us really want to look good next to the pool. But if your goal is being healthy, <laughs> those are just the uh, the milestones along the way as you Somewhat. start looking good. Somewhat. All right, that's a wrap. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs>